follow the news closely, Senegal have seen a way of protest in recent weeks that have left at least 16 people dead and show no signs of debating. Now, given the fact that today this nation is standing at the crossroads, particularly related to the current political atmosphere and under the current president, Maki Saul, that again, based on the report, rumor has it on the street that he was intentionally seeking the third term presidency for the year of 2024. However, despite the ongoing protest, initially he refused to cave. But recently, based on the update, that President Maki Saul claimed he no longer seeks the third term in 2024. But meanwhile, we have seen the voices and also heard the voices from the opposition leader called Osman Ansonko. How should we understand this person? And why is this person so threatening and quote-unquote to the nation? And perhaps, what about this democratic freedom in the nation of Senegal. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite our distinguished speaker. Again, if you follow our show closely, you should be familiar with Scott Morgan. Scott has been the president of the Red Eagle Enterprises since its inception in November 2012. He uses his previous experiences from serving the U.S. military to address various projects Currently, he's based in Washington, D.C. Again, I discover Scott's latest article is called Senegal Protests, What's at Stake? Well, Scott, and welcome back to The Missing Piece. Thank you, my brother. It's a pleasure to speak with you as always. Absolutely, Scott. Again, we are very excited about our discussion regarding nation of Senegal. Again, as we mentioned before, I want to start it with a conversation the ongoing protest had drawn the news headlines from the left to the right. Let me ask the simple question, Scott. How would you describe the current political status and the social instability in the nation of Senegal? And meanwhile, as an uh, analyst, what do you make of the news that the current president of Senegal, Maki Sall, decided not to run for the third term in the year of 2024? Is this a good message for the people and also for the country? What do you say to that? Well, there's a lot to unpack there, but I will start with this. Um, in the region right now, the decision by President Sall not to seek re-election puts, puts Senegal at a crossroads. Mm. As you know, if you, those who read my article re realize that his political party was actually planning on him to actually run. Mm. And for him to actually decide at this time that he's not going to run, it'll actually, it gives him some time to develop new, develop a new candidate and, and focus on that. So that will be a good thing. And the thing, and you, it's a great, important thing. You also bring up the mem the leader of the opposition, Mr. Osango who has faced several trials, you know, trumped up charges on human trafficking, rape, etc. These protests actually started when he was actually convicted of a crime. Mm. And he was sentenced to two years in prison. 
he has not been taken into custody yet to serve out his sentence. So that having him out of the scene removes any viable any viable opposition that they had to Mackie Sell. So when Mackie Sell not standing deciding not to stand for a re-election in 2024, it brings Senegal it will be at a crossroads. It will have an entirely new leader. We don't, the thing is, is right now we don't, potentially we don't know who that will be quite yet. Mm. But as for Mackie Sell's decision not to run, it's Kind of, it's, it raises an interest, brings to the forefront another interesting trend because we have seen several leaders, most recently, like Paul Kagame, um, the late president Kurziza in Burundi, for example, that were constitutionally limited to say that they could only stand for two terms before they left office but then realized, no, I want to stay in power and then amended the Constitution mm. so they can run again and have a third term. This bucks that trend. But it also shows, I think this decision by Mackie Sell actually shows something about African politics that very few people have actually mentioned yet. Mm. For whatever reason, the regional bloc known as ECOWAS has done a superb job of promoting democracy. We've seen their efforts, you know, restore, the restoration of civilian rule in in Nigeria a couple of decades ago. That started there. We saw their resolute their role in the resolution of the of the Cote d'Ivoire crisis, you know, with Lawrence Bagbell and the current president Ottawa. We saw ECOS actually intervene after a controversial election in Gambia. Mm. That's the game. The Gambia situation should also be should, should also raise people's attention because Gambia is a small sliver of a country in West Africa on the on the along the Senegal River. It is completely surrounded by Senegal. Mm. What occurs in Senegal will have a positive or an adverse effect of whatever happens in the Gambia. That is another reason which very few people have raised at this point, why the situation in Senegal is so crucial to regional stability. Mm. But, and as I, and then you look at some of the other crisis spots in the, in Africa, the DRC, Sudan and others, and you see regional blocks such as IGAD for the, for the East African the Horn, you have the SADC, the Southern African Development Community, dealing with us with what they what we call the call from the DRC southward. Those blocks have not been adept at pr- promoting democracy in Africa. They do not have the track record that ECOWAS does, and that would be a good paper for someone to write about and trying to determine why just this rich part of Africa democracy it actually is strengthened despite my despite what's happened with the coups of Mali and Niger because ECOWAS and Burkina Faso ECOWAS has also interacted with those governments as well so I, that's a good great question that people should should ask is why why is ECOWAS more successful at this 
than the other regional blacks in Africa. Mm. That would be a great for someone to write. Indeed, Scott. And again, I want to um, further our dialogue. Again, as we mentioned before, it's kind of surprising that President Maki Sall decided and now to run for the third term in the year of 2024. And I want to read something to you. And also, let's talk about the credibility of President Saul at this moment. Now, the quote goes like this, and I quote, Under the presidency of Maki Saul, Senegal had seen a large influx of foreign investment into new projects that, if successful, would actually increase Senegal's role in the regional economy. Now, again, Scott, you're the expert on this nation based on what you uh, research and also what you have written. Help us with better understanding. What is the credibility of President Macky Sall during his presidency? And also, how should we interpret his success in terms of bringing investment, excuse me, foreign investment into the projects that actually boosted the regional economy? What do you say to that, Scott? That is a great question, and you know, it hasn't borne out yet, but the projects that are being undertaken, you know, most people have focused, you know, they have been developing the oil and natural gas fields that are currently offshore and they're being shared with the Gambia. Also, most people pay attention to extract the minerals because Senegal is a decent source of gold. But the one thing that has been the most, shows the most optimism and can actually benefit the region as a whole is the investments in the hydroelectric field. Mm. As you know, they broke ground. They so Within the last couple of years, Senegal has actually broken ground to build a hydroelectric dam, which will come online soon. And the plan is, is that they will add, they also con- they are also constructing pylons, which will actually carry the power, not only to be used within Senegal, but also with Gambia, also with Guinea-Bissau as well. So, and in a regional dynamic, what Mackie, the opening up the economy for Mackie-Saw has been good. And another importance that people haven't really paid attention to for Senegal is actually, even though that mission wraps up later this year, Dakar was one of the places along ports, along with Conakry, where supplies to the UN going into Mali were actually entering Africa into. And another, and Port of Dakar is actually becoming a very popular port. We've also seen investments there recently to improve the port area itself in Dakar. So actually, the vision is good. It's multifaceted, not bank on one industry as a whole. You know, oil and natural gas exploration, you know, hydroelectric power, extracting minerals. And don't forget, we also had the Paris to Car Rally as well. Mm. <laughs> and with the exception of the on-again, off-again Casamance insurgency, Senegal has been one of the more stable countries in Africa, which is surprising due to its location and the proximity to other conflict zones. That has made it attractive to investors. Mm. 
also attractive to security analysts and and security partners. As you know, the U.S. has recently conducted, you know, African Lion was our military exercise that the U.S. held earlier this year. And Senegal was one of the countries that hosted it. So there's a lot of, a lot of people are viewing Senegal in a positive light, which is actually a rarity these days in Africa. It's one of the few countries that you can actually say that about. Offhand, other countries that we hear positive things about generally right now are Morocco, and maybe and maybe even Botswana for its stability and everything. But very few countries have actually generated the positive, the positive out positive conversations that Senegal currently creates. Mm. But then, but then the unknown factor is again. We don't know who will be the the candidates for the presidency next year. We could. We don't know whether or not they will continue the and dealt and further along these this investment strategy, which is actually actually bearing fruit and has. And you know, it's look. You know, geopolitics makes Senegal an important country. So Senegal will definitely be a country to watch over the next eighteen months, just to see how further it advances and compare it to its to its peers. Well, Scott, again, I agree with you one hundred percent because we know, as you mentioned before. On the positive side, that Senegal has generated much greater economic noises in terms of seeking the foreign investment and also able to be this economic partnership with any other countries around the globe. But meanwhile, again, I want to go back to a local economic situation. One thing we know that offshore oil and the gas development. Has been growing with one joint venture between the Senegalese state-owned、uh, uh, petroleum company and also this Australian company called Woodside, projected pr- to produce somewhere around one one point five billion dollars revenue between two thousand twenty-three and two thousand twenty-five, according to the forecast. Now, again, Scott, you are the expert. Help us with better understanding. Why this offshore oil and a gas development is so rich in Senegal? Since we have this economic opportunity, is really a strong message for the people and also for the current government to say we need to put someone who's more capable in the house in order to maintain stability. Politically speaking, and also economically speaking, even though we know that we don't know who will be the successor. But meanwhile, it's crucial for the country to elect or for the people to pick a person who can shoulder much greater responsibility. What do you say to that, Scott? Of course, you know, I've heard a talk show host refer to it as a a political campaign is nothing more than a beauty contest.、Mm. Which person or entity will actually be seen as more attractive by the by The population, for whatever reason, I think that going forward, the path that Senegal is currently on, and even, and we should not note that we should also note that also within the last couple of weeks, the, the outgoing government of Macky Sall has signed a deal with another rebel faction in Casamance. So, 
actually, you know, so Maki South can say I'm for the most part, except for the for the crackdowns against the opposition and the media, he's leaving Senegal in a stable environment. And that way, whoever just sees him has a solid base to make whatever decisions that they they want mm. they need to make. But they and how so they can impose their agenda or actually build up of Mackie's what Mackie Sell has done economically, which would be a huge benefit. And also, you know. Projecting stability in that region will also be it will also be paramount because you know there's going to be a time where Senegal will probably drop off the radar for a bit because as you know, like you know another country in the region, Liberia, is also preparing to have elections, mm. and also you know and they have had a period of instability, which actually saw U.S. military intervention. But as you know, that will be like their. I guess Liberia will fall under the principle of the red bouncing ball or the shiny new toy. That will be the. That will get the attention by the media for due to the fact that it's another country that's. Well, that'll be could be in transition. Will President Ray actually be reelected? That is another. That's another question and another conversation. But some people may actually look at that election as a bellwether to see how things could go in Senegal, even though it's a completely different situation. Mm, I see that. But Scott, again, just one more question to add on: How should we understand the oil and gas development in Senegal today? I mean, does the ongoing political unrest and also this political uncertainty? Is going to change or impact the development of the natural resources in this country. It should, if there's any change, that could probably come from the voters. But you know, as is, unlike several other countries like Nigeria and others, where rampant corruption has been rampant, and you know, we've seen oil smuggled out of Nigeria being used in Cameroon and. Cameroon, Benin, and Togo, for example. That's always that's a risk. Could it possibly have happened to assist the impoverished Gambia? Mm. Question is, we don't know yet. Could it happen? Most definitely. Will it happen? That's the question. It depends on what safeguards and the mechanisms that the Senegalese currently have set in place, whether or not there are any changes, you know, that will be left to the next president, whoever they are, and the next parliament in Senegal. So, mm. Scott, two more questions before letting you go. Now, let's talk about the general feelings of the people in Senegal. Again, based on the research. How should we understand the key principle of the social stability in Senegal? Because again, based on the latest article, that people believe, and again,、um, when I say people, I mean the Senegalese today. They are constantly living in fear, stress, exhaustion, and helplessness. So, in other words, based on the ongoing protests and based on look look at the social instability. 
People are not very confident about the direction of the country, but meanwhile, they're still hoping that someone can be legitimate, uh, legitimately elected to be the next president. Again, Scott, how do you think that people feel regarding this uncertainty? On, on top of that, they're feeling stress, anxiety, and also this fear, and most importantly, is this political exhaustion. What would you explain that? Well, part of the political exhaustion, you know, part of a lot of this is can be resolved with answering one question. And then that question has already been answered. You know, will will President Trump run for re-election or will he not? Mm. You know, that has that was the biggest source of stress in the country. And now we know the answer to that. That will be no. Mm. But then now that will be Will they have the principal as the next man up? Will it be the current vice president step up and take the mantle and run for the and run as the candidate for that party? We do not know. They haven't decided yet. One of the telling facts in all of this is, even though while he was had not made his decision to run, the, you know his supporters and the party were actually setting it up, assuming that he was going to run. So. Basically, the question is, is he or isn't he, you know, is he leveling with us? That's always a source of stress in regarding any leadership. Mm. I mean, even the United States is not immune from that. Mm. But now, that's been this, the quote, to use an American term, the $64 question has been answered. Mm. I mean, the sixty-four thousand dollars question has been answered. Mm. Maggie Sal is not going to run for re-election. Mm. So we know uh, until at least the election, um, you know, President Saul will be considered to be a lame duck, and and we'll see how if there are any new projects that will be announced besides the the improvements of the port. The oil and you know the oil and natural gas fields offshore, the extracted because you know people are you know Senegal's a decent gold mining country as I mentioned before, and you generally don't hear that mentioned in the news as well. And another industry which Senegal is also a player in in Africa, which which I even overlooked in this conversation. Senegal is also a supplier of timber as well. Mm. And so, and that has been a root cause for some tensions between the Gambia and Senegal in the past. And so now the question is, is what will that, will see, will any new tensions arise? We do not know. Will people try to exploit Senegal? Most definitely. Yes. <laughs> Um, but as you know, this is going to be an election cycle in Africa that will be worth watching just to see which candidates emerge forward. And then we cannot ask the question, who's going to be better for France? Who's going to be better for the U.S.? Mm. Who's going to support for ECOWAS? Because those are the questions we're automatically here. Mm. Scott, I want to wrap up our conversation by asking you the last question. Are we going to see 
a democratic system or are we going to see a restoration of the democratic system in the country of Senegal? Again, as you mentioned before, the die has already been cast. The president, Macky Sall, is not going to be uh, re-elected uh, for the 2024. But meanwhile, the new president is still up in the air. But meanwhile, people in Senegal are still hoping and praying for this democratic system, or at least we can get the taste of the value of democracy. So the very simple question to you, uh, Scott, is how much can we expect this country is going to face the restoration of democracy today? Is that still a pipe dream or that is going to come true under the new leader? What do you think? Well, it's kind of interesting because when, I, when Mackie saw first came to power, you know, it, it was the first, he was the first ever opposition candidate to be an incumbent in Senegal. Mm. And uh, so, hey, you know, that I guess, uh, that, that is why a lot of people rightfully ask about the democracy question. Because, you know, some, you know, like several countries, you know, they had, Senegal has elections, was had one party rule. But now Senegal is going to be in a position. Could the party, could his party win the election? Yes. The question is, who is the candidate? So, the, and the opposition with, you know, with the arrest of Sango, which was most likely designed to keep him from running. This, the field is wide open mm. and generally in some ways that's what democracy is supposed to look like instead of the Republican form of government which we often see here in the United States somewhat in the Philippines and other places people forget uh, everybody talks about democracy but at times democracy can be messy mm. itself it can be unreliable because I actually, which begs the and one of the questions I've also been asked is, you know, we the U.S. talks about promoting democracy, but often the U.S. has supported like brutal military or one party dictatorships. Mm. And I answer the question this way: I actually said, at times the U.S. prefers reliable autocracies over democracies that are unreliable because. For one, a government that the U.S. agrees with and and can support can also be elected. I'm not sure elected, ousted by an election and then replaced by a government that the U.S. could feel hostile, hostile to, and that the people in the State Department generally do not react well to that. Mm. So I think one of the things is people are scared of the unknown. Senegal is in a position where they're walking, they are at the unknown. And the question is, is who's going to be the leader that actually can step forward and say, I will lead us, I will lead us into the future. We have a good foundation. We need to do more to protect our independent media and others. But Senegal, we are in a good position. We should stay the course or I had some ideas that I want to do that we can alter. So mm. it's going to be in Senegal. It will be an interesting country to watch over the next 18 months. Mm. Well, indeed, Scott, I agree with you that, again, Senegal is only one of the unique 
and irreplaceable countries on the continent of Africa. As you mentioned before, there will be more countries are gearing up for the local elections, and the election result could easily impact not only this domestic agenda but international relationships. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to speak to Scott Morgan. Again, Scott has been the president of Red Eagle Enterprises since its inception in November 2012. He's based in Washington D.C. and he's the expert across the continent in Africa regarding many critical and also essential matters among the countries. In Africa, well, Scott, brother, it's always been a pleasure speaking to you, and thank you so much for your time. Again, let's keep in touch, and hopefully, within the next eighteen months, we are going to see some updates and at least some progress regarding the country and also the direction of the country. So, thank you so much for doing this.